Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Hey, welcome to Mad Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and in this episode I want to talk a little bit about uh, women's skating competitions and prize money and promotion and uh, placement in competition days and all that kind of stuff. Dumb enough to tackle that topic. Uh, Men and women and sport is one of those things that can cause all sorts of heated responses in one way or another, and who would be stupid enough to stick their neck out to talk about it? But I thought I'd share a couple of my thoughts just to throw it in there and keen to hear yours as well. Um, I guess to keep things simple, in a way I'm in the first place, uh, (laughs) there is like talking about male and female um, competitions rather than adding extra complications of talking about different kinds of gender identities and whatever else. and we we'll keep it. Let's keep it simple, folks. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it, it's one that can cause a whole lot of heat, right? Because you know, on the one hand, people say, "Oh, it's sexist the way women don't get the same prize money." That's so sexist, or that women don't get given the same profile, and all this kind of stuff. And on the other hand, people say, "Well, why would I care if men do the better tricks? I just want to watch the men do the better tricks, and if women do the better tricks, then." go for it and um, you know Fabiola could compete in an open unisex competition so that's the way it should be and who wants to waste time watching a small division of only a couple of you know female skaters um, compared to a large competitive division of male skaters and, and round and round it goes and uh, <laughs> it's a tricky one to untangle um, so I mean as, as a way in first of all um, to to make a few comments about the current status quo in defense if you like of the current status quo it can be easy for a particular kind of activist progressively minded feminist minded person to be very quick to say that the reason for anything they see as inadequate or a problem uh, or far from ideal is sexism it's a sexism problem um but uh well in some ways sexism can mean a bunch of things from conscious, deliberate acts against, uh, saying that somehow women are fundamentally inferior in some way or another, or, um, or derogatory, so actually kind of like an overly um, uh, harassing, sexual harassment sort of objectifying approach uh, to women. And, and, and that's definitely a problem, and we need to get over that and, um, uh, and treat other people with proper respect, men and women. Um, there's that kind of sexism. Um, but then there's the kind of observing that there are larger patterns and structures of a community, of a society, of an industry um, that may or may not come about because of that deliberate motivation, um, but ne- nevertheless uh, affect women negatively. And, and those things may be indirectly the result of actual sexism, in which case you could say they're a kind of secondary consequence of sexism. Um, but they may not be at all. They may be a result of something else entirely. Um, and, uh, and so you could say that they produce an outcome that's an unequal outcome, um, and that gets called sexism too. And so that's 
we talk about sexism and talk about racism and other kinds of isms, that's often the problem is they all get blurred together as the same. Whereas each of those types, like deliberate, conscious, ideological uh, sexism, uh, secondary consequences of that, uh, and then other inequalities that may or may not be the result of any kind of deliberate or ideological sexism at all, <laughs> all get bundled in together. And if you're, you know, and then if you're not in favour of fixing those problems in however someone thinks they ought to be fixed, then you're a sexist too, because it's sexist to not support any solution to fix the problem of sexism that someone suggests. <laughs> and so to even just not support a particular solution because you think it's a dumb solution makes you a sexist. That, that's, that doesn't help the conversation. And so it is important to realise there are some realities that may or may not be related to deliberate conscious sexism on any level at all, or, or only to a minor extent. So what's the, what's the nature of the thing? Disproportionately large numbers of male participants in action sports. That's a factor. Now, that could be related to other social factors that could be related to sexual sexist factors. Um, so larger social things that discourage women from participating in action sports because they're not ladylike or something like that. Or a sexist harassing boys club culture or something like that, or not enough investment into promoting and marketing these products to women, or something like that. So there could be that, maybe. But we, we don't know. We think it could be that, or it could be partly that. But, but at least the brute fact is less, uh, less female participants. Um, uh, then there's the, the level of technicality and scale and amplitude of male versus female skaters. Um, and you see that even in what much more larger action sports with um, a higher profile for men and women like snowboarding in the Olympics. If you compare the spectacular finals of the big half-pipe snowboarding in the Olympics to then the spectacular half-pipe performance of, of men, uh, the women kick ass. But then men take it to a whole other level, extra rotations and extra amplitude and extra technicality. Now, again, there could be some social factors there, but there is also, in almost all sports, a degree of physiological difference. And so there's a male, particularly that is cisgendered, actual biological male physiological advantage on a whole bunch of levels in terms of muscle mass and things like this, um, which mean that things like amplitude and speed uh, across a full demographic, men will outperform women. And so that's why having a separate female uh, category for sports and competitions enables the best possible woman uh, to shine and be recognised for her skill uh, uh, separate from the best possible man. Now, people point to um, a woman that could beat you up or something, or a woman who runs faster than you, or Fabiola, for example, extraordinary vert skater who was able to compete in men's you know, or unisex divisions. But the, the rarity of them across the full population actually kind of argues against that being a particularly good point. It's like, yeah, uh, in the case of, uh, of inline skating, uh, once in several generations we have a skater able to do that consistently and exceptionally. There are physiological differences. And so you could say that, uh, you know, those differences aren't... Uh, uh, there is an advantage there. And, um, and so <laughs> uh, in that sense, nature is an equal opportunity um, 
Uh, and so, so to actually have two separate divisions is a way of facilitating uh, profile and competitiveness and opportunity to excel for women in a range of sports, including inline skating. Um, but the fact is still, um, for this physiological advantage, coupled with perhaps you could say the first point about if more men participate in something and get more attention, more marketing, more input, more encouragement, so on and so forth, um, uh, if you add those two things together, then you're going to get a higher likelihood that you'll get a higher level of performance um, amongst men. And so people say, well, if I'm going to watch a competition, I want to watch the best that I possibly could at the highest possible level of human possible achievement. Um, and in most sports, in terms of the fastest possible 100-meter sprint time or the heaviest clean lift or the most technical tricks and the highest amplitude, they'll be watching a male division. And so people say, well, surely we should reward that with prize money and with location in the um, event programming and, and accordingly. Yeah? So... Um, so it's helpful to realise those things and go, so there's more going on here. And maybe one other thing would be um, the viewing public. The viewing public in the sense that um, what do people go out of their way most to watch? Well, they, they go out of their way to watch the men's division, division finals more than the females' divisions. Now, again, we'll come back to this because you could say, well, hang on, part of the reason for that is because of the placement and the prestige and the focus and the marketing. And, and so there's a whole bunch of other, and perhaps even larger social sexist factors and so on and so forth. Sure, whatever. Um, but at least part of it is, you could say, the brute fact is more male skaters, a higher degree of uh, performance level amongst male skaters and high interest for watching male competition. Um, all of that feeds towards going. Um, uh, there's a prestige there, which then feeds into business, uh, televising, sponsorship, uh, sponsorships that go then into feeding into prize money. And so then you get men paid more, men awarded greater prize money, men given better positioning in competitions and better televised opportunities and so on and so forth. Now, enlisting all of that, I'm not saying all of that is, you know, what I'm saying is just that some of those things are not solely or fundamentally um, sexist or patriarchal or even necessarily the result of larger social sexist structures over generations that have created this unsupportable, um, unjustifiable, outrageous inequality. These are other factors of life. Uh, we may not necessarily therefore go, we must therefore end up where we've ended up, but at least it's just back off on labelling that all sexist and, and dial back the outrage that labels this all as some deliberate result of a do-bros boys club getting together to slap each other on the back and, um, and high-five each other. Um, there are reasons for it that are just kind of brute reasons of statistics and physiology and, and interest and business interest and whatever and so forth. So <laughs> that's my first point. Um, second point, however, is just because that's the way it is doesn't mean there's nothing more that can be said or done. Just because that's the way it is in a bunch of ways doesn't mean that's all that could be said and done. Because, as I've already alluded to, um, some of those things that are just the way it is certainly haven't been helped by an overly masculine culture in skating, uh, even a sexist harassing sort of behaviour in skating, a failure to really invest and encourage um, 
female skaters and gives them profile, lots of little messages that in the way that we continue to do things that reinforce this pattern and strengthen it, um, and then the larger social things about. It's not necessarily as ladylike to be involved in sport and uh, being involved in sport doesn't necessarily get you a, a husband or a boyfriend and it's not the most valuable thing that gets sort of celebrated the most. It's not the role models that get held up to us, especially action sports. Action sports are for tomboys and whatever else, that kind of stuff. Um, to the degree that that's true, <laughs> um, then there are other factors that accentuate this. Um, and just because there's a certain logic to it that then feeds into business logic, televising, sponsorship, prize money, doesn't mean that we as a blading community should go, oh, fine then, let's order our blading community life based around business interests and audience televising and sponsorships. Come on. That's, you could at least say, you know, we could as a community choose to deliberately shape a community that celebrates all participants across um, uh, across different sexes and give as much profile as possible, even to those who might, may not, for whatever reason, get as much profile. We're not necessarily heroes correcting sexist problems. We could just be people proactively correcting statistical issues, you know, and uh, tendency issues and going, actually, we want to recognise that for whatever reason, uh, women skaters can often get less profile and less interest and less focus, so let's correct against it. Given we've got money going into the industry, let's proactively choose to not just channel the money uh, according to existing levels of interest and enthusiasm, but let's divvy it up equally. Um, in our programming plans, let's be conscious of ways to not over-hype up the open men's division as somehow the peak of the peak, but instead um, actually highlight uh, both the men's and the women's finals as two peak points um, and... <laughs> street and vert, if they're both there, are also equal peaks along the way. Um, you know, so that's a decision we could make as a community and, and sponsors could make and competition organisers could make and the way they arrange prize money could make to go, we're going to actually, do, and marketers and MCs, all of this stuff, we're going to deliberately um, correct against a tendency in order to celebrate others who work very hard and excel to the, the level of their division um, and highlight that. I think there's a whole lot of reason for that. And, and I suspect there is some truth to the fact that there are things uh, that make it harder, or not even harder, but just uh, less normally culturally acceptable for women to be involved in action sports. Why not fix that? It's not like there's some uh, necessary um, anti-sexist, heroic, anti-patriarchy thing that means we have to get more women rollerblading or something. But it'd be cool if they did, <laughs> I reckon. Um, and so let's invest in that. I reckon we actually build the industry because more people are buying skates, man. More people are skating. More people are watching skating. It grows the sport. Why wouldn't you want to grow the sport <laughs> by enhancing a whole other market that's relatively small? Seems to make a lot of sense to me. Um, a final comment people make is that how does it work getting equal prize money if you've got a heap smaller female division? Um, and, you know, there are cases, right, where because we've got a small industry full stop, uh, that the competition pool is small enough for men, it can be microscopic for women. So how does it work then to um, uh, have, you know, uh, a bronze medalist, because there's only three women competing, who just isn't very good at all 
still getting the same prize money as a highly um, uh, skilled bronze medalist in the men's. Well, one proposal is to actually empower the judges to, um, uh, to have a cut-off, either in a qualifying process or else to disqualify during the competition itself. So in the women's division, if women don't perform to a certain level, then actually there's no bronze podium, maybe no silver podium, maybe even just no podium full stop. So there could be actually a baseline level of skill uh, in order perhaps to unlock the prize money. So that's a thought that could be a way of recognising and, and keeping a certain degree of um, uh, elite dimension to um, prize monies. Uh, thinking about that. There you go. Those are a few of my thoughts. Keep it here. Your reactions and reflections, things you'd want to add to the uh, to the conversation as well. Cheers. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps.